This is the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast focused on the duo. We created this podcast to share the stories of real estate individuals who have built their business from the ground up or have lost everything and are working to get it back. I'm Hayden Wright. I'm Austin Cole. And, and we, we are your hosts. hosts. On today's show, we have John McGuire from Real Property Management. John is located here in Houston, Texas. And on today's show, he's going to talk a little more about what property management is and why it's so important, as well as um, what sets him apart from other property managers in the space and what he's looking for uh, in an ideal investor. So without further ado, let's get to today's show. John, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So John, let's get right into it. What so if you could just tell the audience a little bit of, about yourself. Sure, sure. So my, my background, uh, I kind of started my career in, in banking and, and pretty early on moved over to, uh, to the trading world, most specifically the energy trading world, uh, which is what actually brought me to Houston uh, several years back and been here ever since. Um, and just as my career progressed, I was getting a little, uh, you know, the, the trading business had changed quite a bit from more of a relationship management business, which is what I really loved about it, to um, to, to more screen and, and digital trading and things of that nature. So, you know, I found myself kind of chained to my chained to my desk a little bit more than I wanted to be. And um, I've always had an interest in real estate. I have owned properties uh, a, a lot of my adult life, and and um, decided to, you know, that that's where I wanted my my second career to be and and just went all in a few years back and, and, um, and started doing some work in the space and most recently kind of, uh, opened up a property management business here in Houston. Sweet. So uh, was it just, you just decided to go into property management or you w- wanted to get away from the investing side? How did that what work kind out? of drove that? Yeah. Uh, well, so it was, you know, it's a good question. It, you know, there, it, it doesn't seem like a likely path. Um, you know, the, the company that, um, uh, I was approached by Real Property Management. We are a, a North American property management company. There's 350 offices kind of throughout the U.S. and Canada, and but each office is independently owned and operated. And uh, so I, they were looking to expand their presence in Houston and had reached out to me. They they found me on LinkedIn and saw that I was doing some work in the real estate space and. And um, like my background, you know, as, as that business has evolved and and people have gotten more sophisticated in terms of their investments, um, they, they were looking for people to grow their business that that had a finance background. And um, that that was that was me. And, and uh, so they the timing was was good. And uh, I decided to go all in and, and, and jump right into the business. And not only as a as because of the recurring revenue model, but also. Um, as an avenue for future investment for myself. I mean, my clients are going to be uh, our real estate investors. And so there's opportunities for me to participate and, um, and, and do deals with them as well and partner on, the, on that front. Very cool. Okay. And how long did you say that you've been doing it for? Uh, a couple of years now. Very cool. Okay. Um, so what type of deals do you, or what type of properties do you manage the most? So we do the core business for is really residential and that's both single family and multifamily and the multifamily side is really it's not these large um you know kind of 500 unit complexes that you see you know going you know, all over you know larger cities in particular it's really the the smaller um probably B C units that are there are a lot of value add investments for for investors um 
and but but also too, you know, quads and and fourplexes, triplexes, duplexes, things like that that um, that, that we do quite a bit of work in that space. And then also some on the light and on the light commercial. So strip centers, um, you know, retail centers, things of that nature. Gotcha. Okay. So more of the mom and pop kind of stuff, right? For the multifamily side. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The smaller, I mean, we're mm-hmm. not talking again, not these, these big corporate, you know, once you start getting over a hundred units and arguably over 50, you, you need some site, some sort of on-site management and, and those, uh, particularly the larger that you get, those tend to be institutional investors or, or large corporate owners. And, and, you know, they have in-house teams and, and on-site teams that, that are there um, with the property, both from a leasing perspective, as well as a maintenance perspective. I gotcha. So, so now one of the, the largest pains from my understanding in, in property management is evictions and violations and that kind of thing. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And unfortunately it is something that, that we have to deal with. Uh, we, we have a very, very thorough screening process that, that we go through. And, um, but, you know, good things happen to, uh, or bad things, I should say, happen to good people <laughs> all, all the time. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's just out of, out of our control. And, and, and uh, but the percentage of, of that is, is very small. I mean, you know, nationally, I think it's two to 3%. And, and, you know, for our organization, uh, it, it falls more, you know, around the 1% mark um, when, when that's going on. It's really, well, I, really I can't good. stress enough how important the screening process is in, in property management and or, or even if you're self-managing a property, make, make sure that, that you're very diligent about that piece of it. Right. So if you could, talk, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, what the procedure and, uh, you know, how it works when you have to file an eviction or um, someone violates the, the agreement? Yeah. So, it, I mean, it'll, it'll vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but, you know, here in Houston, the, there's a, a but in any jurisdiction, it's going to be a very specific process, and um, it's something you need, you need to be you need to follow in, in lockstep as well. Because you know, any for any reason, something can get thrown out of court um, on even the smallest technicality if, if something wasn't filed appropriately or the timing wasn't right. Uh, but it all starts with with giving a notice to to the tenant. Um, you know, if they if it's if, if it's for a lease violation, then then giving them a notice because of a lease violation, and there could be a fine involved with that. Um, if, if it's for non-payment of rent, there's a specific notice for that as well. You know, sometimes it's just that the tenant's on month to month, and the, the landlord is doesn't want to renew, and um, or, or even they're at the end of their lease, and maybe there's been issues along the way, and they don't want to renew, so they can file a notice for um, you know 30 day notice to, of non-renewal. Um, which is basically putting the, the tenant on notice that they need to vacate the property. And then if, if they don't, then there's steps beyond that as well to, um, to go to. Um, and then at the end of the day, you, you ultimately will file a petition. If, if they don't vacate the property, you'll file a petition for eviction in, in the court. And then they'll be served by, by the sheriff or constable, depending on, on where you are. And, um, and then they'll, need, they'll, they'll have to appear in court. They don't appear in court, then it goes in your favor. If they do, then you kind of work it out with the judge and figure out next steps from there. Gotcha. Awesome. So I know property management is kind of like a, a broad term. What are some things we have like a lot of new listeners? What are some things that as a property manager or as a company that you provide uh, a real estate investor or what, like if you could kind of do like a quick summary of what a property manager does in a sense? Sure, sure. So, you know, 
property management is is really it's a it's a pain relief. You know, I, I jokingly tell my clients I'm the Advil to their to their headache. Um, you know, it's it's really a, about again the screening process is is key, but it, it certainly goes beyond that. There's there's the make ready process whether you're getting a, a unit ready for rent for the first time or if you're doing it between tenants. Um, you know, that's the opportunity to to make improvements, to uh, obviously make repairs. So we oversee all that work or, or certainly can oversee all that work um, if the investor would like us to do that. Uh, we have a bench of, of vendors. You know, it, it, all of our vendors are vetted, meaning that they all carry insurance. They all if there's a license required for their trades, um, we may we ensure that those licenses are current. So, you know, working with us from that front, you know, it just protects the owners. It, it protects us um, in, in the event of a investor or the property owner. Um, so there's the make ready process. There's, there's of course, the lease up. So you advertise the property much like you would listing a home, except that, you know, you know we, we syndicate the listing out to about 25 different websites um, to make sure that it's not only getting local coverage, but also national coverage for people that are moving in from out of state. Uh, Houston is, a, is always ranked as one of the top rental markets uh, in, in the nation. There's a lot of things that are drawing people here um, to, to not only to Houston, to Texas in general, you know, including employment markets. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good industry here. There's a lot of corporates that are moving here, which I'm sure you see in the news from, from California and, and, um, and New York, you know, there's tech companies and things like that. Um, so we, you know, we, we go, through, through the marketing process. And then again, the screening, as the applications start coming in, you have to screen the candidates, as I mentioned before, um, and, and go through a, a selection process there. Always following fair housing. So that, that's, a, that's a big trip wire for people that are, are not familiar. And it's pretty hefty. I mean, first time offenders for a fair housing violation, it's, the fines can be up to $16,000. Wow. Um, if you've had more than one offense in five years, they, they more than doubled, you know, over $35,000. And then if it's more than two, then it's $65,000. So, I mean, it, it's not just a slap on the wrist. It's very serious. So it's, it's very important that, uh, that every, that every applicant's treated, treated equally and treated fairly and that everything's documented. Um, but once the tenant's in place, you know, assuming they're, they're a good tenant and, and the property's uh, in, in good condition, it's really just about tenant relations and property maintenance and, and making that as smooth and easy of a process for everybody involved, you know, primarily the tenant. Um, and there needs to be an easy way for them to, to request maintenance. There needs, uh, you need to be diligent about getting, you know, addressing the maintenance issues as quickly as possible, particularly if it's an emergency. Um, and, and then of course, determining where the cost goes, you know, if, if, uh, if the toilet's not draining or, you know, if the toilet's clogged because a root grows through the drain line, then, well, that, you know, that, that cost falls to the owner. But if there's a clog because little Johnny decided to send his Hot Wheels through the car wash by flushing down the toilet, then, you know, that's going to fall on the tenant. So, you know, those are some difficult conversations sometimes, but that's part of, um, part of our job. Um, tenant relations, quite frankly, is, is probably one of the most difficult pieces of it, but also one of the most critical um, and that just kind of goes back to the whole screening process as well and, and making sure the tenants are, are really vetted for that. Um, but that, that's really the life cycle uh, of the process. It, you know, you go from make ready to, to lease up to, to the tenant moving in and, and then the, the maintenance program uh, and then the tenant move out and, and handling renewals if there's going to be one. And, um, and then it just kind of starts over again. Gotcha. Okay. 
So now Houston's a very competitive place, as you mentioned. You know, there's a lot of renters here. It's a, uh, you know, it's always one of the top real estate markets, which you know by definition means that there's also going to be a lot of property managers um, in the space as well. So, what are some of the things that you feel like you and your company does to set yourself apart from the other guys? Sure. So, you know, again, I can't stress enough the screening process and, and, and there's a lot of good property managers out there, but quite frankly, the, the barrier to entry is pretty, pretty low in property management and quality of service can, can vary greatly from one, one company to the next. Um, and, you know, we, we have to do everything we can to set ourselves apart from that. I mean, uh, the company has been around for 35 years and managed tens of thousands of properties. We have uh, proven processes, proven technologies, and and I think that sets us apart. We also have service guarantees that are uh, that we offer to all of our all of our clients as well. And then just on a local level, um, my business in particular, you know, given given my background in finance, you know, I always say that anybody can do property management, and it's more of a back end service, a kind of a relief to the headache, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, but I like partnering with my clients on the front end. Um, you know, we have uh, I, I have tools and in, in analytical tools with something that we call our wealth optimizer that um, I can partner with the clients almost in a financial advisory capacity um, to help analyze investments as they as they come up and and run NOIs, run performance, make sure they're going to the properties are going to meet the investment criteria that the client's looking for. Um, all too often, especially with, with an investor that's newer to the game, or maybe it's their first or second investment property, you know, they're only thinking about rent revenue and, and if that's going to be enough to cover the mortgage. But there's a lot of other benefits to owning rental properties, including the appreciation uh, in the property that, that's giving you equity uh, along the investment horizon. But there's also depreciation, um, which, which is a huge uh, advantage in terms of the investment cycle, as, as well as all the tax um, implications and, and things that you can expense against the business and against your property, including my fee, by the way, which is also tax tax deductible. And um, so those are all things that are taken into consideration and, and through these models and, and, uh, and it can really help with the decision process for an investor. Well, that's great. Yeah. I know that when, you know, I was looking for a property manager, I'd, I had several phone calls with several different people. Um, and what I noticed that there was, you know, it was either the smaller property management company that lacked the the systems and the the processes that a larger company would have, and then there was on the polar opposite side the larger companies who maybe had the processes and the system but didn't have the you know the clear line of communication. Um, they wouldn't respond so quick. Um, so when I had talked to you, it was, it was really awesome because you know you have the backing and the support of a, a large company, but you you do have that smaller company feel. Um, and so that, that's, that's in turn kind of why I was so attracted to your, your business and your business model. So, um, I, I, I like that a lot about real property management, specifically your company as well. Um, so now speaking more about the investors, what does your ideal investor look like? So we, you know, we, we work with all kinds of investors. There's there anywhere from what, what I call the accidental landlord. So somebody who, who inherits a property from, from a family member or, or maybe an, a newly married couple that bo- both own property and, and they're going to live in one house and rent another. Um, you know, th- those are great. And I work with a lot of folks in, in that respect. And, and that's um, somewhat of an education process in, in some cases. And, and that's great, too. I don't mind doing that. I, I love that part of my job, actually. Um, but we also work with with the intentional investor, and that's someone who is 
who is out there that they know they want to be involved in real estate. Um, you know, maybe they have some properties already, or they at least aspire to have multiple properties. And, and they, they don't want to be bogged down with the day-to-day operations of property management. They, they want to find their next deal. And, and so we kind of take that off their plate. Um, so it really does run the gamut. And, and these can be, again, people that are investing in single family homes or, or multifamily uh, properties. And, and even, again, like commercial um, that, that we can help them manage as well. So I know a lot of things in real estate rely on like a relationship with another person. Uh, what's your, what's an ideal relationship like with a uh, investor? Like how long do you think it takes typically until you have a strong relationship with that investor? Well, I mean, I think it starts from the very first phone call, quite frankly, uh, you know, you, you really want to dig into, it's not just about what, what property, you know, what, what the property is or, or that, but it's what, what's their investment goals. Is this something that, you know, is this a, the first of many investments? Is Do they plan on holding something for a year to t- test the market out? Or are they looking for a long-term investment? And, and you know, that's part of that front-end conversation that I was mentioning earlier and, and the advisory capacity that, that I feel with my clients is um, let, let's get down to what you, what you really want to do with this, with this property and with your real estate investments. Um, are you more cash flow focused or are you more, you know, equity focused and appreciation focused? And, or is there some kind of balance between there? And let's figure out the right kind of properties that are going to achieve those goals. Gotcha. So you're able to tell right off the bat by by discussing their goals whether or not there's somebody that you want to work with and move forward with. Is is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, sometimes. I mean, you know, I, I like uh, I work with all with all types, and and um, you know, yes, I would love you know I love investors that that come to me with a portfolio of properties right off the bat, and, and that's great. But but part of the um, it's also pretty rewarding to help someone build that portfolio as well. And, and so it's just two different, two two different types of investors. You know, one perhaps is more sophisticated because they've been doing this for a long time and maybe they've either gotten tired of managing the properties themselves or they're not happy with their current management company. And, you know, I've had both of those types of conversations Um, and, uh, or, or maybe, you know, they're new and they just, they just not sure if they want a property manager, want to learn what that service is going to look like and, and what's the, what are the advantages of having it? Because obviously there's a cost associated with that too, right. which has to be worked yeah. into their, into their numbers and their cash flows. Gotcha. Okay. So now for those, you know, calling in for the first time, I'm sure, do you get bombarded with calls, you know, pretty often about, you know, people who don't have their first deal um, looking for a property manager. Does that happen pretty frequently? It does. It does. Uh, you know, I, I get quite a few calls from people that are, that are considering selling their home and, and, and then they're like, well, wait a minute, maybe I should rent it instead of sell it. You know, they hear mm-hmm. how hot the market is or, you know, they've been watching HGTV for too long and, and they decide that they can flip houses or, or, you know, be a landlord. And, and, and that's fine. I mean, again, those are, that's part of the, part of the role and, and um, it's an education process and, and I don't mind doing that. And, um, you know, I'd much rather help somebody or, or, you know, or even talk them out of it, quite frankly, if it's not something that they're committed to, um, you know, then, then see somebody jump in and, and then kind of get burned on, on the back end somehow. Gotcha. Awesome. So, so what are some of those uh, mistakes that those first times investors make that you've seen? I'm sure it's continuous mistakes, similar things go on. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the things, uh, again, not, not screening candidates properly, that that's a, that's a huge issue. Um, not following fair housing, um, uh, rules and regulations that's that is not only dangerous but it, it's quite expensive or can be mm-hmm. 
uh, potentially. So that's really part of it there. The, the maintenance side of things, um, you know, landlords historically have had kind of a bad reputation in the media and on television shows, you know, you get the, the grumpy, uh, not want to fix landlords, you know, not, not want to fix do repairs or, or, or they're complaining about noise and things like that. But um, being responsive is a big part of, of what, of what I do and what, what this industry needs to do. Um, and the tenant relations. So, I mean, I guess if I could break it down in, into some critical areas, it's, it's tenant screening, fair housing, responsiveness, and tenant relations. And those things have to be in lockstep. Um, and then, you know, your maintenance program is of course involved in that as well. And, and that's not just um, fixing things when they break, but it's having a, a, a robust preventative maintenance policy and preventative maintenance program in place as well. Uh, so that you can get ahead of those things. Okay. So I know you mentioned fair housing earlier and that you can, you know, grab some pretty hefty fines for it. Would you mind digging a little more and, and telling us more about that and, you know, what that looks like? Um, so for example, if, if you get uh, multiple applicants in and, you know, I, I take one applicant at a time and, you know, again, every applicant has to be treated fairly and equally and, you know, it's, it's not it's not a case where it goes to the highest highest bidder, so to speak, like you, you see these comp- the competitive market in this when homes are for sale and things going way above asking and, and things like that. But when on the, in the rental side, it's a, it's a bit different because, again, you're you really have to be um, diligent about your screening and, and making sure that it's done equally and fairly across the board. So a, as an applicant comes in, you know, we screen them according to the criteria that's been set up and there's a scorecard. And so it's all very well documented and based on their ranking they for various things. And, um, but if they are approved, they're approved. It's, it's not like, okay, well, this one's approved. So let me now screen three others and, you know, collect three more sets of application fees. And, and, and then I'll, you know, then I'll let the owner decide who he wants to pick. That's just, that's not how it works or just not how it should work. So, so that's a big thing. Um, security deposits, not returning security deposits in a timely nature. Um, you know, that's something that could come back to bite a landlord and you, know, you have 30 days to get a security deposit back. Um, and if there's disputes around that, those need to be handled right away and, and quickly, uh, or, or they could, that could end up in court as well. Not, not only, you know, the, the fair treatment of it, but also just a small claims kind of, kind of lawsuit or, or civil suit there. Um, so, so those are big ones. And then, you know, it's the, the screening is where it really comes into and in, in treating people, treat people fairly service animals is another thing that you have to be um, mindful mm-hmm. of as well, you know, around your, cause those are not pets. They're not considered um, a pet. If it's a non-pet property, but someone can prove that it's a service animal uh, uh, and has a documentation around that, you, you cannot turn them down based on that. So, you know, again, something else, just, there's a lot of tripwires along the way to, to think through. Interesting. Interesting. So now the service animals one is, is one I didn't know about. So now I, I know that a lot, a lot of times now more than ever, people will go and get their, their, uh, animal, you know, service, service approved or whatever, um, just from the, their vet or whatever. And they could be for something as small as anxiety. Now, so you're saying that that could come to bite them in the butt as well. It's a real thing. And, and, you know, it's not just, um, you know, when people think of service animals, they obviously think of seeing eye dogs and, and um, which certainly are a service animal, but, 
but there's also, like you said, emotional support right. animals as well. And is and if it's documented and, and there is a documentation process and licenses and, and things like that to, to make sure that, um, that that's legitimate. And then that's something that you have to accept as a landlord. Right. Um, so I know it can sound crazy in some cases and, and, but you also have to be careful because a lot of tenants will, will forge that stuff. You'd be surprised at, at, uh, <laughs> at what the documentation people will fake to, to, um, uh, you know, not only around pets, but W2s and pay stubs and, and mm-hmm. all kinds of things too. So, you know, again, the screening process is, is, is extremely important. Yeah. That, that's actually kind of why I brought that up is because uh, my wife in college, she, uh, she didn't really have any issues or anything, but she wanted her, her dog to stay with her. So she took him to the vet um, and got him service approved or whatever. So, uh, yeah, the, I, I was curious if that was something that happened often or if she had just figured out how to finesse the system a bit, but interesting. Okay. So kind of winding down here a little bit, John, um, what are, what is one of the, the biggest mistakes that you've made in the property management game so far? And what did you learn from it? Oh gosh, that's a doozy. Um, <laughs> well, how, how long do we have here? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's it's really just having tight processes, and and we have we have established processes within the organization, of course. But um, but each office and each market is a little different, so you, you have to you have to know those in, inside and out. Customer experience is is um, is crucial. You know, we are we are a client facing business, and if uh, but there's a lot of automation involved as well, and you know you know you don't want your, your client or someone calling in a prospect or, or someone looking for information to end up in a, in an infinite loop of, of voicemails and forwarding calls and things like that. And, and that's happened to me before, you know, and I, and I've learned that the hard way, you know, th- there was a couple of days where my phone wasn't ringing and, and I wasn't getting callbacks and, you know, come to find out it was cause it was like automatically forwarding to some other number and then just like dead ending somewhere. And, and, um, and, and so those are things that you always need to be abreast of, obviously, uh, because you always want to have the best customer experience possible uh, and be quick to respond when, whenever, you, whenever you have a call, whether that's from a, a client, an owner, or a tenant. Great. Sweet. So um, obviously you've been in the real estate for you know, a few years. What, what are some things that you wish you would have known when you first started uh, that you do know now? You know, I, I really enjoyed this business and this transition. It was something way different than what I was doing before. Um, I, I would say to, to people out there considering it to, to jump in and, uh, but to do it in, in a, in an educated way and a very f- mindful and intentional way. Um, it's a, it's a team sport, you know, don't, don't try to do it alone. You know, you, you need, there's specialists out there in, in every aspect of it. I mean, obviously you have real estate agents and they are a wealth of knowledge, um, but you have bankers, you have title companies, you have property managers. Um, you know, you're, there's a CPA, there's an attorney, you know, these are all people that need to be on, on your, your real estate team, so to speak. Um, you know, not to mention vendors and, and things of that nature. And, you know, you're, the real estate agents kind of at the hub of all that. They have a lot of those relationships. Your, your property manager should have a lot of those relationships too, but, um, but, but have those people around you and lean on those resources uh, because you there's just, you can't do it by yourself. And, and if you do, you're just more susceptible to, to making some of those mistakes and, and God forbid losing, you know, losing quite a bit of money in the process. That's great. 
So, okay. So this one's a two-parter here, John. Okay. Okay. Um, what makes you take an investor seriously? And also what makes an, uh, a property manager want to do business with an investor? Uh, well, I think it's, it's, it, a lot goes down to that initial conversation, right? I mean, if, mm-hmm. if it's someone that's just asking, uh, you know, just wants to know what your fees are, or just wants to know what, uh, you know, what their property can rent for, you know, th- those are, those are legitimate questions. Don't get me wrong, but, but those aren't the main questions to be asking. I mean, you know, you want to really dig down on, on what the service offering is going to be. And, and I, I mean, I want somebody to, to grill me when, when they call <laughs> and, and, you know, I want to, um, to prove to them that, that, that we're the best offer for them and we're, we're a good company and they're going to be happy with our service and, and that we're established and, and, um, and that we can be partners from, from the beginning. So, you know, if it's all about the fee and, and things like that, I mean, I tell, I tell people all the time to make sure you're comparing apples to apples because there's a lot, there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of property managers. Um, there's a lot of great ones, but there, there's some that aren't as great. And, um, and you just want to make sure that, that, that the, if, if you're getting a lower fee, that you're also getting the same services and there's not hidden fees along the way as well. Mm, that's good. Sweet. So I guess we have one last question. Um, and this is just to let the people know where they can find more about information about you. Sure, absolutely. So uh, my website is um, rpmaffiliates.com. And, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a company page on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. Uh, you can always reach out to me on, on either uh, to my personal uh, address as well. If you just look me up as uh, John McGuire. Um, and then my, my office phone number, 713-429-0411. Uh, it doesn't go in an infinite loop anymore. So <laughs> you will, you will get a live voice. And most of the time that, that live voice will be, will be me. So, um, I encourage anyone that's, that's even curious about renting a property or, or jumping into that world and, and what that might look like. I, again, I, I love those conversations and, and happy to have them. Awesome. Well, John, we really appreciate you being on the show. Um, I will make sure that the audience knows and is informed to when they reach out to you as a property manager um, to make sure they grill you on your questions. Uh, <laughs> um, but again, we really appreciate you being on. We, I think we've you know learned a lot about property management. I think you've provided some great value to our audience. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me and, um, and look forward to working with you both again in the future. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We hope you gained something from today's episode and put it into action right away. Please make sure to share, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mulligans underscore underscore. This helps us to grow and share more great stories. My name is Austin Cole. I'm Hayden Wright. Signing Signing off. off.